Hey y'all, what if you really could change your life? If there was a way to be healthy and intentional in every area of your life? Good news, there is. And we show you how each week on All of You Whole. Hosted by me, Caroline Fossil, entrepreneur, wellness expert, author, and speaker. Every episode is an in-depth look at how to help you get unstuck, be brave in your life choices, and have a meaningful life all either from my own experiences or from the experts I interview. My goal is to help you build a healthy, connected, and intentional life that fulfills your greatest purpose. Today on the show, we welcome back Allison Morris. She was actually my very first ever guest on this show. So if you haven't listened to that episode, be sure to check out episode number three, where we talk all about healing the gut. So Allison's amazing. She's a nutritional therapy practitioner, and she helps women navigating food sensitivities, bloat, and fatigue discover how to heal their guts and eat for consistent energy while feeling joy and peace with food and in their bodies. And that is basically what we're going to talk about today is how can we use healing diets like the autoimmune protocol or the paleo diet appropriately? When are they appropriate to use? When are they not appropriate to use? And what else do we need to know? And what else do we need to be doing in addition to or paired with a healing diet like AIP or paleo? I think this is a really important conversation because a lot of times I find that women who are diagnosed with an autoimmune disease or some kind of chronic illness just want to change their diet and keep it really strict for a really, really long time. And as Allison's going to share with us today, that might not actually be the answer. I think this is a really important conversation, and I hope that you enjoy it as much as I did. So let's welcome to the show, Allison. Welcome back to the show, Allison. I'm so excited to have you back. Me too. I'm always excited to chat with you. (laughs) Okay. So for those of our listeners who didn't hear episode three, which you were my first guest ever on the show, can you briefly just tell us a little bit about yourself and the work that you do? Absolutely. So I am a nutritional therapy practitioner and basically what I really love to do and focus on is support women dealing with food sensitivities, gut issues, autoimmune stuff between my coaching and cookbook and all the other kind of support that I put out there with respect to using food as medicine, but also expanding it beyond there because it's never just going to end with the diet or the food. So I know we'll chat about that and chat about all the pitfalls with that. So really like to support people to not feel crazy around food after a while to make it fun again. I mean, you and I are both so passionate about that so that it can actually heal you and that we can focus on so many of the other critical components of healing. Yeah. Love it so much. Okay. So for anyone who comes to you with a myriad of symptoms from bloating to brain fog, thyroid issues, autoimmunity, what we know, whatever the issues are, know that you take a very root cause protocol. You take a very food as medicine, but also very bio individual approach. So what does that process look like? And what do you feel like these days? How much do you feel like food plays a part in that? Yeah, that's a great question. So I think 
always looking at like the things that you even just mentioned, even the autoimmune type symptoms or chronic type symptoms that we go through, like the food sensitivities, like the IBS Mm -hmm. sort of stuff is always treating it as like, okay, but that's not where we stop. That is the leaf of the tree. And we need to go much deeper, like you said, like going root cause. So there's certain things that it's like, we just kind of refer to as foundational and that might sound Mm. like 101 or basic and in Mm. some ways yes it is but in other ways it doesn't mean you know it already it doesn't mean you're doing it or implementing it sure totally it might mean you have an awareness to it like things like blood sugar balance Mm -hmm. or optimizing your digestion or eating whole nutrient dense foods but what are we actually doing consistently and what's getting done so we need to kind of start there with supporting the foundation of our Mm -hmm. health to ensure that there's no crack in the foundation before we start putting curtains on the windows of the house. Totally. Right? Because I can see sometimes where it's just like those magic pills or the curtains that I'm kind of (sighs) referring to are just the things that we keep chasing after. So I even posted about this on Instagram yesterday. I was just like, if you're just using biohacks to escape (laughs) doing the work, that ain't it. That's just a great way to waste money, right? Sure. So I like to do that first is like, let's go to your foundations and everyone's going to have similar foundations, but what we have to do or tweak with them Mm. will be different based on that person. So right away, it's like, how do we bio-individualize this based on the symptoms you specifically are having? And it's never just like, oh, if you have bloat, do this exact thing. It's like, no, what else do we have going on? What's causing the bloat, right? And so everyone's going to have their own mix of yeah. what's happening. So we want to bio-individualize that more root cause, like foundational plan. So I really like to support people with that individualized plan, but then also doing the work that we all can really benefit mm-hmm. from. So we start there. And that's something that I do in my, I have like a one-on-one hybrid group coaching program that right. has just been phenomenal to be focused on. And the women in there are just epic and getting really great results. So that's really the special sauce is kind of like give you the fish, but also teach you how to fish because Mm -hmm. we need to know how to do this. We need to be well-informed. We don't need to keep chasing the next hot diet or the next hot magic pill and throwing spaghetti at the wall. That's just a great way to burn out. So totally. And I I completely understand the desire to be like, can I just do this? You know, people always ask you, what's the one thing? And you're like, girl, there's 5,000 things. Yeah. You know? Where do and we start? Like, yeah. And so it's like, I totally understand the desire for just like, there was one day where I wasn't sick and then one day where I was sick. So can I just like reverse? Can I just take a pill? Can I just do one thing? And it's like, unfortunately, it took you 30 years to get here and yeah. it's going to take you a hot minute and like, a lot of effort to kind of get you back to where you want to be. So I know that it is very bio-individualized, which is awesome, but I know that there's a place for some of these healing diets in your practice. And so talk to us about some of those that you use, whether it's AIP or paleo or keto or whatever you use. And then also like, what is their purpose? Yeah. Yeah. I would love to. So yeah, if we're thinking of our wheel of health or like a pie chart that mm-hmm. makes up our health, which we often talk about, it's like diet is one component. And while mm-hmm. it is extremely powerful, I find that if we keep overcorrecting with diets, it's suddenly now we're giving way too much power to it. We're not ah. looking at the other critical stuff like our stress, our sleep, our movement, right? right? Like all yes. those things are medicine too. And so we have to be able to pay attention to that because I can see someone's quote unquote eating perfectly, but they're not sleeping. 
and they're not right. moving their body. They're doing three 45 minute hit workouts a week, burning out their adrenals sure. and then sitting for 10 hours a day at a desk job. That ain't it. I'm just going to yes. like, keep saying that. Like, no, we have a like glitch in the matrix. We need to reprogram. Yeah, totally. So that's kind of already the standpoint where it's like, let's let food be what it is. Let's take a little bit of too much of the power that sometimes we give to it. Mm. So it can be fun again and it can be delicious and we can meal prep without feeling like this has to fix me, you know? Yes. <laughs> I'm putting all our eggs in that basket, right? And I think for you too, right, Caroline, where it's yeah. like when it comes to meal prep, especially given your cookbook yeah. and the blogs that we both have and our own journey that we've had with food is like, if it's not going to be fun and tasty, is it really going to do the trick here? So I like to think of that right away too, is like, how are we actually getting this stuff done? And so, yeah, in terms of the diets that I like to use, certainly paleo-ish as I kind of call it, right, is this core template that I personally use and tend to recommend for most people because it's Mm -hmm. whole foods. It's animal protein forward, seasonal, right? Getting the junky processed refined sugars and more inflammatory types of ingredients out of the diet. So I like that it kind of returns us back to nature. Yes. In a lot of ways as sort of this core. And I do like that paleo defines itself as more than just diet. It is a lifestyle. Get sunlight. Get fresh air, move your body. I do like that too. So that's always where I start. And then if someone is struggling with autoimmune disease, I mean, look, I have definitely personally benefited from the AIP diet, which is autoimmune protocol. And you can think of it as kind of a layer on top of paleo because you would go paleo first, ideally, Mm. and then you would make certain deductions from their eliminations, like nuts, seeds, nightshades, which are things like certainly any of the nightshade vegetables, so spicier type veggies, but peppers, white potatoes, tomatoes, it's a little tough. (laughs) tough. But there are just amazing resources out there for it now and cookbooks and recipes like Mm -hmm. you can do it. But it is critical to understand like it's short term, you do the elimination phase for between 30 to 90 days only. Yeah. And this is a pitfall I'll see where people will be doing it too long because maybe they feel good. Yeah. Or they want to like heal harder. Like, okay, I have some progress. I'm going to like heal harder. It's like, no, we eliminate while we work on healing the gut. So what you Mm. remove from the diet is just as important as what you are including with AIP. And that's kind of like, no, people don't read. (laughs) Right. Sure. Right. So like organ meats. Yeah. Broth fish, fatty fish, like things that are going to be more healing as well. Plus, if you have an autoimmune condition or suspected one that you're finding some relief with AIP, it's going to be really smart to do a little more root cause work to understand like infections, what's causing the food sensitivities, because taking things that you're sensitive to out of your diet alone is not going to heal you alone. Totally. It's going to relieve the triggers. It's going to allow your body to be in more of a state of healing but we have to bring the healing agents to it. We yeah. have to address whatever is causing the issue, like leaky gut or infections or whatever to begin with. Yes. So I feel like these like healing diets, it's like sometimes what I've seen before is like autoimmune diagnosis. I have Hashimoto's. So then on my own, I try, and I don't have Hashimoto's, but example, on their own, someone tries, just tries to do AIP. They feel better. And so they feel like this is the long-term solution. 
Yeah. Right. And so like, I'm just going to be on AIP the rest of my life because this is how I feel better. And there's a lot of fear around that. But I love what I'm hearing from you that it's like, let's use this as a tool to like really get inflammation down, but also actively work on root cause healing and especially healing the gut. So, I mean, do you feel like those have to go together? Like one is not great without the other? Yes, I do. I really do because it's kind of like you're, and, and that's what it's called, right? The protocol, autoimmune protocol. Right. And they even do say like the founders of AIP and the awesome people that support it, they have AIP coaches, mm-hmm. got nutritionists, holistic functional nutritionists like me who can support it. And the idea is you will need support because it isn't as easy as like just removing. That's where people will get caught up because there is a lot of free support online for that. And so that's where we'll just be like, I'll just keep doing this, like you said. But then we hit a wall when it's like, how do I travel? How do I ever go out again? How do I, I don't want to do this forever. And we Mm -hmm. shouldn't because the the pitfall is like, okay, now we're going to reduce our microbiome diversity, which is going to now hurt our gut. So I'll see people where I'll test their gut with a GI map or a food sensitivity test or whatever that they've been doing AIP way too long. Mm. And now it's kind of like the pendulum swinging again. So it is important to keep these things in context for what they're used for, really understand what are the guidelines, get support. Even if you're an awesome, very accountable and and good at doing this stuff on your own, that's great, but you will likely need some support along along the way to not spin your wheels. Yeah, totally. I do very much. I'm not just going to be like, everyone just go AIP. It's more so like, first of all, yeah, if you want to do it once, let's do it once, but let's make sure we're addressing the root cause issues. Yeah. And then it's more like something that, yeah, if you have an autoimmune disease, especially if you're having a flare up, if your antibodies are rising or something like that, it's certainly a tool that I may go to, but I was just talking about this with my co-coach Annika, who's an AIP coach and NTP as well. And she was agreeing with me where a couple clients came to us in our group and they were just like, I'm just going to go AIP again. Cause that's the way I feel my best. And we're like, but what is it about it that makes you feel your best? Was it the removal of eggs? Was it the removal of nightshades? Can we get to a point where we understand what specifically mm. is causing the issue? Because that's the other thing with any elimination diet, even like right. a yeah. an AIP, a low FODMAP, what have you, is shouldn't we be learning from the process at some point? Like, right. oh, it's this food or this group right. of food. That is really the issue, the culprit for me at this time. And that's really what I needed to remove. I didn't need to remove every single thing Mm. on the list. Oh, that's really insightful. Yeah, totally. It's a wide swipe attempt. It's not bio-individual to you. For sure. And it's like this whole group of foods is what we're avoiding. And and that has its place, like we're saying, with someone in a flare, someone who just found out they have an autoimmune disease. Like it's it's beneficial because all of those foods could cause trouble. But yeah, like if it's just eggs, then eat the tomatoes. Like eat, eat the things that you can. Because at the end of the day, like I like to tell people, back in the day, I was so like, I did paleo for the first time after being vegan, woof, and was like, this is amazing. Every single human being on the planet needs to be paleo. We need to be strict. It needs to be 100% of the time. And now it's like, especially for like your microbiome, I'm like, if you thrive eating oats, (laughs) then feel free. If you thrive eating beans, feel free. Like we want our diets to be as expansive as possible while – 
maintaining our optimal health levels. And that's going to be different, different foods, different things for everybody, right? And so that's the goal is not to restrict as much as possible, but to give as much freedom as possible. Okay, so we had one listener ask, I have a toddler with severe eczema and double digit food allergies. And the question I think is interesting is what should I reach for? That was the question. So answer that if you'd like, but also maybe it's more like, what can I do to help my baby? Totally. I'm assuming she's thinking of like with reaching for like what snacks, especially knowing toddlers. Like oh yeah. Snack addicts, but it's tricky, right? Like I don't know the, the food allergy list. If it's in double, right. I don't know what to specify, but here's some general insight and advice mm. that I always get. Let's say I do a food sensitivity test with someone, which is not something I willingly do. That's yeah. one of the biggest things people are like, I did a food sensitivity test. And I'm like, oh, here we go. Oh, yeah. this on. And also she said allergies, not sensitivities. So I it don't was allergies. Know, yeah. yeah. Maybe it's a mix or sometimes people will say allergy when it's also. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So here's what I would say, right. Is look at the opposite list. Like yeah. if you're given a list of a food sensitivity or an allergy panel and it's like, here's all the things you can't mm-hmm. have. Yeah. What about the stuff you can yes. like our brain just to protect us will subconsciously always focus on the do not have list to right. death. Because yeah. it does it wants to protect us. And we can only think about so many things at once. And so mm. what's it gonna do when we're scanning the refrigerator or a restaurant menu or whatever? Mm. It's like can't, 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 can't like right. It's just yes. like this animal. And so when people say how and complain about how challenging this is or how restrictive it is, and it's like, well, that's part of it. Yeah. And so, but the homework then becomes let me look at the green side of yes, the list. Totally. List that I can have, and that's my grocery list. Yeah, sure. It's important to know what I can't have, especially when I travel. I mean, need to advocate for myself, but it's important to know when I'm food shopping, what the heck can I buy, and should I stop my pantry and freezer and all the things with. So I would say to kind of start there of like understand the good list, so to speak. Not that I want to say good and bad because these are all whole foods usually, but you know what I mean. The foods that are safe, I guess. Right for yourself and and go from there meal prep is always going to be really critical for this for everything yeah we can't cook all day right so but especially when we're taking on something like a healing diet or we have food sensitivities that we need to be careful with we need to be prepped so that's yeah no that's so great and i haven't really shared a lot about my daughter's health journey on the podcast yet but we did she was getting hives for a little over a year kind of sporadically and we did a food sensitivity panel for her and then her practitioner wanted her to do like the full leap protocol so like start with your least reactive foods and work up and so and and it's funny that you say that because that's what i did like i was like you can eat chicken and apricots and apples and so like every lunch she had and she makes her own lunch so she would be like i can have cashews and so it was easier to be like for this week we're eating chicken and apricots and cashews like that's what we're eating versus thinking like oh well we can't do pork and we can't do corn and we can't do you know what can i have it's so easy to feel that way and especially with food sensitivities i'm sure you saw this for your daughter you at least half of them you probably were like we eat this all the time Uh uh-huh yes yes that is the nature of it 
Right. So Totally. Okay. So thinking of this toddler, thinking about even just the reason that we come to these healing diets in the first place, we've talked about this in your first podcast episode, but give us a brief overview when we're talking about root cause, specifically the gut. Like what are some of the things, since we need to be doing healing diets in combo with healing the gut, what are some of like your biggest gut healing principles, supplements, whatever you want to share. How do we heal our gut? Yeah. <laughs> In a so, week. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> I know. Like yesterday. Yeah. I mean, kind of like we were, we were saying is, or I think we were saying, which kind of chatting before we recorded, but the idea is like, you have one body. Right. For X amount of years you've had it. Obviously a toddler is newer, but so that's good. But in general, we all have one body. And so it's an accumulation. It's this bucket theory of like, well, right. a bucket with lots of things. And it's, easy to just look at food, but that's not the only thing that's going to be working against or for us. So we have to think about our stress. We have to think about the way we eat, not just what we eat. So mm, I talked yeah. about that, right? Like, and I think I probably talked about that last time with mindful yeah. eating. Yes. Our food. And especially as a toddler, that's something. So I have a toddler, a three and a half year old. And when we are eating together, I'm always like, chew, 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 chew. And we kind of like, joke a little bit yeah. and we like show each other the food in her mouth yeah. sometimes hey. and it's just me and her and it's like make it really really small your tummy loves it when the food is really really small plus yeah. you don't want them to choke right like yeah sure there's that. Like, oh. yeah so you're already telling them that but you can kind of like just reiterate like let's mm. chew let's slow down yeah. i know it's so tricky toddlers are always on the move right not hungry anymore oh now i'll have some now i want to snack it is tricky but you yeah. just game out of it you you lead by example as well yeah you take a longer time with your meal and encourage them to do the same thing mm. so those are some things that it's just like hey it's not just what we eat it's how we eat yeah sometimes when i'll see people with a lot of h pylori a lot of upper gi issues reflux especially like reflux heartburn i mean i see it across the board even if it's just food that's undigested in your stool if it's chronic bloat everything it runs the gamut like from all those things oh yeah i inhale my food <laughs> a yeah. lot of us do a lot of yeah. us do we're in a fast food culture we're in a rush hurry eat, cram in a meal in between meetings while you work yeah all these things and so that's what we're used to is not chewing not slowing down not yeah. paying attention to our meal scrolling while we're eating yeah we're not digesting very well. We have to be in the parasympathetic state. We have to chew our food. That is the mechanics of digestion. And so when yeah. we just focus on the gasoline we're putting in the car, but not right. the actual mechanics of it, well, yeah. if your car breaks down, you're not going to be like, oh, the gas I got was bad. Maybe not. Maybe like you blew a casket. I don't know. I don't really know. Car terms. <laughs> I, I, don't either. Them, I keep whipping out that analogy and I'm always like, oh, I don't know much about cars. But you know what I mean, right? Yes, yes, yes. Like if we put like solid gasoline in our car, like that's not going to work. Like we need liquid gasoline. I had a nutritionist in high school that said to me, I always get this wrong because it's so unintuitive. You have to drink your liquids. No, no, no. Chew your liquids and drink your solids. Interesting. Do you get it? Like she's saying you need to chew up your food so much yeah. that your solids turn into liquids and you even yeah. need to chew your liquids. Like everything needs to be super processed by the yeah. time Absolutely. it goes down. <laughs> so yeah. I always think yeah, of that when we're so talking about this. I know it's so like unintuitive, but yeah, I mean, even just 
like you might be eating that, like we said, that perfect diet, but if you're not digesting well, I mean, it's not going to work well. I mean, do you pair this with like try apple cider vinegar, like increase the acidity of your stomach or like even like digestive enzymes? I know we've talked about before, like changed my life. Yes. Yeah. Things like that can be so helpful, but it is kind of another thing where it is bio-individual. I'll have people react to digestive enzymes because they don't actually need more pancreatic enzyme output. Their output is Uh strong. That's something like a GI map will help tell me other key symptoms will kind of help tell me. But if we can see that absorption is an issue for you, it's a worthy endeavor to say, okay, Mm. let's amp up the enzymes. So if you're someone who like you've seen, oh my God, I'm eating whole foods, but like, I don't have any vitamin, like all my vitamins are low in my blood panel or something like that. Yeah. Absorption. Is it being absorbed? So right there, I would go to absolutely. Let's try some enzymes. Let's always work on. Well, here's the great thing about stomach acid. And the bad thing is like part of the reason a lot of us have stomach acid issues are because we're not eating mindfully. It's suppressing your stomach acid. Your digestion is shut down when you're in fight or flight. And if that's how you are spending most of your day, that's how you're eating. Well, your digestion's turned off. So you are eating and it's turned off. You're not absorbing, you're bloated now. Maybe you got some reflux, your stomach acid's turned off. It's not optimal at all. Certainly if you have thyroid issues, that can be a big, the the thyroid connection where the stomach acid, it tends to be a big issue. There's a lot of reasons. Just growing up on the standard American diet, eating a lot of processed carbs and sugar will suppress. So stomach acid tends to be this like gateway issue that everyone needs to look at. And so, yeah, apple cider vinegar can be something that's really powerful HCL supplements, but it is very like someone could also react to a lot of those. Mm. Well, that's good to know. Same with bone broth. You could have histamine issues. You could react. Right. Yeah. So it is becoming more and more and kind of the deeper and deeper I go into this and the more and more I work with people where it's like, these are not catch all recommendations. Right. Yes. Which is is so important. Individuality. Yeah. Yeah. And to like, it's like, we want to DIY this and we want to do it ourselves, which can be done. And, but it's like you, you react to something you're going to look at you may be tempted to say, oh, well, I had a corn tortilla. And it's like, honestly, it was the bone broth, (laughs) which seems, which seems so counterintuitive. And so it's like these insights, honestly, that I feel like are most helpful because I only have the data from myself and my health coaching clients, but like someone on their own, they'd only have their own data to go on. Whereas like you just have this like collection in your brain of like, oh, well, I had this client once who actually responded negatively to apple cider vinegar or bone broth or whatever. And it just seems right. And it just seems so counterintuitive that I don't feel like you'd make those conclusions kind of on your own. Oh, you shouldn't have to or be able to. This isn't something you do all day, likely. And so what I'll see is it discourages us. It's like, Mm. oh, I can't eat anything. Like this is what you make. Or, oh, everything bothers me. Or, and it's like, that's not quite true. Mm-hmm. And if it is, we still need to figure out root cause things. We can't just keep eliminating, eliminating, eliminating. You will right. have five foods. I've seen people like that. Five foods. <sighs> okay. It's like, all right, get ready to have zero soon because that's where this is going. Yeah. We're not addressing the root cause issue. Yeah. So that's so key is like, yes, it's not that you can't do things by yourself. It's not that you're incapable or don't know things. It's that everybody needs support. Yeah, know? that's true. I think I to kind of zoom out and be like, oh, this, like yeah. when I'll look at a food journal, Right. You know, it's often my people are well-informed. This isn't their first yeah. rodeo. And I'll look at the food journal and be like, boom, boom, boom. This is out of whack. Like this needs to be shifted. It's like, ah, oh. it's yes. just that zoomed out. 
Mm. easy for me to see not so easy for you when it's like you're so close to the project and you're so so, like in the weeds totally and you're just trying to survive half the time and you're emotional about it too that's the thing it's like yeah food is medicine but food is also emotional we tie a lot of emotional and adjectives to food right it's cultural it's social it's yeah and so we're also kind of looking at this like no, it can't be the coffee. It's definitely not the coffee. Or it's definitely not like the wine. <laughs> or the it's chocolate. Gotta be, like you said, it's got to be that corn tortilla. So like, I'll just keep removing more and more whole foods. Yes. When maybe it's the wine and the coffee like that I really yeah. want to Sure. Thing. Yeah. And we've talked, I feel like, one-on-one before about like, well, you remove, you remove, you remove. If we don't have this, this gut healing and root cause solution happening at the same time, you still have leaky gut. Whatever you're eating, even if you get down to chicken and broccoli, like that's still leaking through into your bloodstream. And then what you had taught me actually was then we develop new sensitivities. Like you take out dairy, you replace it entirely with coconut. Oh, now you have a coconut intolerance, right? And so that's why it's so important. That's one of the reasons it's so important to do this hand in hand, like the healing and a healing diet, or else it's going to make it worse for you (laughs) before you get better, which totally blows. Okay. So would love to talk a little bit about the reintroduction phase. And to be honest with you, when I was a whole 30 coach, one of the things that really frustrated me the most was people do 30 days and they're done. Like I'm done with Whole30 and it was hilarious, Allison. Literally every single human being, it was the same meal, the same exact meal every time. And it was pizza. beer and ice cream. What? Yes, it was pizza. I get beer. them too, girl. I get them too. They're like J31. I had pizza, beer, and I'm like. It's pizza, beer, and ice cream. That's hilarious <laughs> that you just said that because it is every time pizza, beer, ice cream. And it's like, okay. I totally understand this, like coming from a state of deprivation and just like, give me all the foods. I understand that mentality and I've been there. But the problem is like, we've gotten your body to this low inflammation state where we have this opportunity to see what's really going on, right? Like, is it the eggs? Is it the nightshades? Is it the dairy? Whatever. So, so talk to us about the reintroduction phase. How does that work? When does someone know they're ready? Also, why is it so hard? (laughs) Yes. Oh, my God. Well, kind of why it's so hard, just to kind of pick at that for a minute, is exactly what you said. It's a mindset thing, first of all. So, like, when we are doing that, where it's, like, 30 days, all this is out, anyone can do something for 30 days. I'm not saying it's easy. Right. Like, you go through all the phases. like Yeah kind of stuff but anyone can do that for 30 days but now it's like oh and cool my birthday is like day 31 or like it's always that too it's like I just want to like like maybe slim down before my birthday or my trip or something like that yeah when I see people planning things like that I know the mindset that they're in and this is no judgment I have been there I've done this a lot in my past so I get it and that's why I know it so well too is the idea of like you're using this as a magic pill and it's not It has to be this learning opportunity. Like you said, we have an opportunity here. We just reduced a lot of inflammation. Now we learn. We learn from our findings. Was it the gluten? Was it the dairy? Was it this? Was it that? You have this opportunity to finish it. It's. I know they call it a Whole30, but really it's longer because you do need to consider those reintroductions. It's the same for AIP, where it's like phase one is elimination. Then we move into reintroductions. Then you have your maintenance sort of bio-individual phase of this this is what doesn't 
And that's the real power is like, now I get food back, but I didn't get it all back. And now I learned a valuable lesson. It's the tomatoes, right. the eggs, it's the whatever. Only that needs to stay out. It wasn't the entire list of yeah. eggs. It's so beneficial so, when done correctly. Absolutely. So again, it's like, if you're seeing this as like magic pill or quick 30 days or, mm-hmm. you know, and I know that that's the culture we come from, right? It's like 30 day shreds and yeah. <laughs> drop weight in this amount of time or feel better than get it. But that's not the idea because we can't go back to what made us sick. Totally. And this is what we want. It's like we want to heal using this whole foods diet and then go back to the pizza, beer, and ice cream. And it's like, guys, the pizza, beer, and ice cream is what wrecked us in the first place. Like we're not going to heal so that we can eat the standard American diet again. That's just not it. Exactly. Because now it's like you just did an experiment and might have let yourself down. And that's not great for morale and momentum. And so, yeah, I think that that's usually why it's so hard. And then the other reason why it's it feels hard is the rest of the world isn't doing a whole 30 AIP, paleo, whatever. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. Their standard American diet. And it's like, cool. Yeah. Anyway, we're going out right on Friday. Or it's like business as usual. And right feeling of like, well, why can't I be normal? Why can't I be accepted? In yes. The- I can't, a- I can't ask for something different. I can't say I'm gluten-free. And so now yep. all the social, emotional, yeah. things, I talk about this with my clients to death. Yes. It's so real. I mean, even this week, Allison, <laughs> Ella told me that, so they bring a snack, right? Like they bring their lunch that I make and a snack and water bottle. And Ella take like Ella packs it herself, but she'll bring an apple or blueberries or like a meat stick and cheese or whatever. And she was <laughs> she was like, Mom, the other day I whipped out some blueberries and my friend was eating. Okay, what are those packs? That's it's literally a sugar fun dip. A sugar oh, sugar dipped in sugar, yeah dipped in colored sugar, right? And she's like, mom, my friends have like five packs of candy at school, like alone. And I'm like, Ella. (laughs) And she was like, mom, why can't I have candy? I'm like, okay, we can maybe talk about like you bringing chocolate chips or something. But like, that's also not like acceptable. (laughs) Like that's not, that ain't it. And so it is hard for me as a parent. I'm like, I want you to not be the weird kid, but I also want you to not have the gut issues I had as a kid. Like, I feel like this is my responsibility. I've learned better. I know better, but like, that is what we're comparing to like fun dip for snack and five packs of candy (laughs) and and like a M&Ms and a Swedish fish. It's crazy. I'm like, okay, well, that explains a lot. But anyway, yeah. And that's like what, that's the child equivalent of like us as adults. Like, oh, we're going out with coworkers and we're going to get wings and beer and ordering out for this meeting. Yeah. Like so many things. Uh Oh, uh oh, I'm going to be left out. I'm going to be left out. And that is a very primal reaction. It's like being exiled from your community was a worse sentence than death. Yeah, totally. You know, we needed that protection of other people. And that's yeah. not quite the way things are anymore. But we still do need connection. And we still yeah. do want to feel a belonging because that is a safety thing for, totally. for that, like primal brain. And that's what I'll tend to see is like, that's really the issue. That's really the thing. It's uh. not like that hard to meal prep or that hard to sure. Okay, we've got hacks for days on that stuff. Yeah. But what can we get you to do it? 
what's going to get you to see this as this is a lifestyle shift. Right. That's right, right. like gut healing. Yeah. But gut healing lifestyle, gut healthy lifestyle. We don't mm. just do one protocol and we're set to go. And we go back to the pizza, beer and ice cream. I, <laughs> that hasn't happened for me. I haven't yeah. seen it happen. I yeah. can say, yeah, after you feel like, oh, cool. I'm in a lot of good rhythm. I'm having right. a good relationship with food, mm-hmm. a good relationship with my body and my healing. I can handle a little bit of that thing, or I can go and travel and throw caution to the wind on this meal or that day, or you can pick your party as I sometimes say yes. it here and handle it. Cause you've built up more resilience in your body. You've healed it more. But yeah. And I don't tend to see at least with my clients and with my personal experience that we can just go running right back. No, you feel like you're on this roller coaster up and down. I can't ever be consistent. I can't ever find true healing. I'm always back and forth. It's like, well, look at how you are treating the journey. Look at the mindset. Look at how right. you're treating your body and the food and tell me if that makes sense. Right. Like kind of what you put in is what you're going to get out. Yeah. And it's interesting because on my healing journey, it's like what I would have said was like something that would have been like worth it four years ago. It's like, I just get healthier and healthier and have less and less desire for like the big plate of nachos. Okay. That's not true. I freaking love nachos, but you know what I mean? Like whatever it is, it's like, maybe I think that's just a process of like this. Maybe I was willing to risk this like GI upset like five years ago. And now I'm like, she's not even worth it or it's worth it so less frequently than it would have been. So I think it's also too, like, we just keep evolving and getting better and hopefully like picking those worth it moments better because feeling great is worth it to me. Do you know what I mean? It's like, it's not worth it to not feel great anymore. And like you're saying, we have all these hacks. Like I want a brownie. Okay. Well, I make myself like a paleo mug brownie. It's it's nutrient dense. It's delicious. Throw in some huge chocolate chips, whatever. And so you can also kind of like tweak so that you're fulfilling that emotional part we keep talking about without like really just destroying your body. Part two is like, there's blogs like yours and mine and so many others in our community. There's Simple Mills, Siete brands, like all these yeah. new brands that are, Yes, we would go to like, where did we meet? Um, Expo. Expo West. Yes. Remember going to those and it's like, I remember in the early days, it was like, oh, there's like two brands I can visit. I know, I, I know. And then by the no, end of it, I was everybody. like, I'm sick because I ate way too much. There's so many paleo friendly yeah, brands. Yeah, Totally. It's so much easier to do now. And yeah, it's so much. Of like, okay, but I'm still prioritizing the nutrient-dense foods. I'm not just eating paleo brownies all day. Right. Still prioritizing the nutrient-dense foods. Yes. But when I have a craving, I got that great go-to recipe or a great yes, go-to sandwich. Totally. Absolutely. Yeah. So if someone has tested and they know their food intolerances or they've done it in an AIP kind of situation, like how does someone know that the gut healing is effective and it's time to like either do reintroduction or like try some foods that haven't worked in the past. Like what are some signs that you're ready? So if you're working with a practitioner, they should definitely be helping you monitor that. Yeah. Because the idea is like with the eliminations, you should start to feel better. So if it's a food sensitivity test, like the leap one that you mentioned, that's the one that I use as well, right? Like we know that when the yellow stuff lights up, that's a three month removal. And then we should be doing some kind of three month healing protocol alongside of it. Like I would never just do a leap test alone or or any food sensitivity test alone because it's the same as doing an elimination diet alone. 
Right. So yeah, it's a little more targeted to you. Great. But other than that, how are you going to get the food back? How are yeah. you going to get reintroductions? Yeah. So that's the idea where we should have been doing the healing. And now we challenge reintroductions, we call it, because it doesn't mean it's a guaranteed you'll get every single thing back. It's okay. Let's just use it as data and say, oh, maybe I need a little more healing, or maybe I can't have that every day, but I can have it once a week. The poison's in the dose. And it's not a perfect science. The gold standard for this, for reintroductions is a food journal, guys. Yeah. It's not, there's not even a perfect science with these blood tests, with these food sensitivity tests. Yeah, totally. Right. They all have that disclaimer where it's like, this isn't going to be a hundred percent, but that's the idea is like, hopefully you should be feeling better. You should know from tracking your symptoms with a practitioner, hopefully that things are improving and you were consistent on the healing protocol and all that stuff. Yeah. So now you challenge reintroductions little by little. You keep mm. a food journal. We don't whole 30 it. We're on day 31. We do pizza, beer, and ice cream. Yeah, <laughs> We no. say, okay, today I will try chickpeas. Yeah. In three days, I will try egg white. Right. And we're specific. We're keeping the food. I actually, yeah. I taught a whole food sensitivity workshop on this. And yeah. these were the common things that it was like, it struggles, right? Like, yeah. Drug city. I can't eat the whole egg. I have to separate the egg white and yolk and see which one might be causing the reaction. Little things like that. It's nuanced. Right. But also that yeah, time good. though, that that time to let it kind of marinate because some symptoms are like, like Ella, it seems to be currently like she'll eat dairy and get hypes, right? So it's a pretty quick hypersensitivity, but sometimes it's you ate gluten and the next day you're on the floor. I remember my first Whole30, I ate gluten and I was on the floor in Ella's room. She was probably like one and a half. And she was playing and I was like, I have never been so tired in my entire life. Like I was like a truck hit me in my sleep. Oh, and yeah. so sometimes it's like days later, you you get the migraine, you get the thing. And so it's really important not only to like give that three day period between foods, but also to track it because my downfall, I remember my first one is like, I'm absolutely going to remember this. No, you're not. You will not remember every chickpea, every egg white, every gluten. Like you're not going to remember how long it took. Like you just won't. And so that food journal is like mission critical. Okay. Absolutely. And there's a million other things going on in your head, especially at that time you were mom of yeah, one and a half. For sure. To-do list in your head. We've got a lot of thoughts. Yes. We have to track. Yeah. Totally. We've got to track. Okay. Last question for you before we wrap up is, is there anyone that you're like, you definitely shouldn't try a healing diet. Like just don't even do it. <laughs> Is there anyone who needs to be excluded from this conversation? I think I would say if you have an eating disorder. Oh, sure. Yes. About, yeah, I would say it's less about your health condition because I'll see people that they're not necessarily, here's the other thing. It's like, you don't need a diagnosis to do something like AIP or right. certainly a Whole30 or anything like that. Yeah. That you have similar symptoms. If you feel very mm. inflamed, joint pain, you know, you got something going on, but you're just not sure. Cause I sure as heck did not wait for a diagnosis to start changing my food. Right. And thank God I didn't. I would be much farther behind. Right. Right. But I would say that's all fine, well, and good. It's more so like when you hear us talk about these things that we're talking about with mindset and like social stuff. And if this is triggering you, if you have a history of eating disorders, right. At all, or you are suspicious vicious that you may have one. Yeah. That's who I would say, like, not for you. 
not at least not right now. Yeah. And if and when you do want to endeavor into it, and I have supported people with eating disorders, but they're always working alongside their therapist. Their yeah, therapist, yeah, yeah. Okay, have to where you can. Yeah, it's very, very scary. You want to make sure that you're ready to take it on because the tool is only going to be as effective as your ability to use it as well. Sure. And if it's setting you off into fight or flight, we just talked mm. about like won't be yeah. digesting anyway. If it's setting you off into a very restrictive mode or you're binging and kind of feeling out of control with it, that's not going to help either. So yeah. it'd be much better to just say, hey, what new seasonal nutrient-dense foods can I include in my mm. diet? Yeah. That can crowd out maybe some of the sugary processed eat. Processing. Mm. Processing. Kind of yeah. It is so processy. Right. Like kind of just like, hey, you can still make wonderful healthy ships mm-hmm. right? cooking nutrient dense foods, but maybe it doesn't need to be this full fledged. Yeah, so strict. Totally. I know. I mean, I've I've had people that it seems like they've got some disordered eating, like thought patterns, if not a full-fledged eating disorder. And it's like, honestly, anything that is like tracking or like you can't – like this is good food. This is bad food. Like it's just – it's enough to put anyone in a negative tailspin. And so we really have to watch it. It is a gray area. And it's exactly like you said. Kind of like – I think most standard modern diet people like who have come from that have right. disordered eating, not just because like some kind of disordered eating behaviors or ways of thinking about food, because I think our whole culture is <laughs> yeah. when it comes to the fact that we've followed the food pyramid for so long, the fact that big food and big pharma and it's all kind of together and it yeah. doesn't make a lot of sense, right? It doesn't. So there's a lot of issues when we look at the system. When we look at what's accessible, what's yeah. cheaper, what is being forced on us. Yeah, versus, totally. Right? Like marketing mm-hmm. cartoon characters sugar <laughs> to kids. It's right. like there's so many ass backwards things that it's like, I think we'll mess with anyone's head at some point in their life. So I For agree. Sure. Like it doesn't mean everyone I feel like has some kind of little thing complicated. For sure. But it's more so, yeah, absolutely. Like if you're diagnosed, if like mm. you said, like I absolutely can't track anything or I'm going to starve myself for a day. Yeah, totally. It's like, oh no, this no, is not. Yeah. Well, and also too, it's like AIP is not the healing you need at this point. <laughs> if that's where you are, right? Like there's a lot of, there's other a lot of other healing to do <laughs> yeah. for sure. Awesome. Okay. We've talked so much about how having – a guru, a guide, someone like you would be so beneficial for this process. So tell us how someone can work with you in your programs, with you personally. Tell us a little bit about that. Well, come check me out foodbymars.com or at foodbymars on Instagram. And I have, or if TikTok is your vibe, come check me out there because I have my wait list currently going on right now until we open up the program again. I'm about to have a second baby soon. So (laughs) yeah, I'm taking a little break from that until I come back. And yeah. I also have other stuff like meal plans and courses and stuff like that if if you want to get started somewhere. Yeah, you have so much. Well, thank you so much for your time today, Allison. We will see you next time. Thank you so much for being on the show again, Allison. It is always such a pleasure to have you here. And listeners, if this podcast episode resonated with you, if you have just been stuck on an AIP diet or a paleo diet, but you are in need of deeper healing, I cannot recommend that you work with Allison enough. She's so amazing. She could benefit your life so greatly. So head to foodbymars.com to get on her wait list to be notified when her next program opens up. 
Thanks so much for listening and I will see you next week.